What's up, Hawks fans? Welcome to another episode of Sweater Weather, a Chicago Blackhawks podcast. As always, my name is Luke, and I'm joined by Abe. How you doing, Abe? I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Um, uh, you guys may notice that this is the first time in a while that we've not done a bi-weekly podcast, but this is, uh, it's only been one week since our last podcast. Has it? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Where have I been? I thought it was already <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll do a little extra one in there. Um, <clears throat> uh, before we get started, uh, we got some housekeeping to take care of. Uh, so those of you listening, you may have noticed that in the last couple of episodes there have been uh, some some sponsored uh, advertisements. Uh, this is a feature of Anchor, the podcast service that we are using for hosting and recording. Um, the I, we're not like we're not doing this for money. We're not anticipating that we'll make a lot of money off of the I don't know twenty of you who listen, if that. Um, but uh, I guess the the long term goal here is maybe that we could like is maybe that we could do something like uh, uh, say say we made enough money off of sponsorships. Maybe we we do like. Uh, like we raffle off uh, uh, Chicago Wolves tickets or something like that. Um, or uh, maybe we use the money to buy better microphones or something. Um, uh, so I guess like long term, our goal is to, you know, use the money for good and not evil. Um, at this point in time, we have made... 42 cents <laughs> off of uh, sponsored advertisements. Uh, so, so still not for, enough for a pack of gum. So, Abe, here's your first <laughs> paycheck. 21 cents. Enjoy. Don't spend it all in one place. Oh, man. Um, okay. With that out of the way, let's dive into the news. Uh, we don't have a lot of items here because, like I said, it's only been one week. <clears throat> Uh, uh, last time we met up, we discussed how, uh, Corey Crawford was out with, uh, another concussion, no timeline for return currently. Uh, word is that he's been spotted around the United Center on game days. That's probably a positive sign. You know, it probably means he's, uh, I don't know. He's, he's working out. Maybe he's close to returning. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Uh, it's really hard to say. We could probably interpret that as a positive sign. Uh, according to Jeremy Colleton, he has no update on Crawford's status. He says that he hasn't really been asking, <clears throat> basically. Because uh, Jeremy Colleton, his career was sidelined for uh, because of concussions as well. Um, and his his point was that he... He knew that, like, repeatedly asking Crawford what his status was was not going to help anybody. Uh, it wasn't going to help Pro. It wasn't going to help the team. It wasn't going to help the media. It wasn't going to help the fans. So, That's like like little kids asking their parents, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if anything, it puts cr a pressure on Crow, and, you know, maybe he comes back before he's ready. We don't want that. So, um, uh, basically, the update is that there's no update. Uh, number two, 
the Blackhawks are allegedly getting updated jerseys for the 2019-2020 season. Um, actually, I forgot to add timestamps in here. Um, <clears throat> uh, so, let me just open up this link here. Uh, yeah, it would make sense, I guess there has been, uh, I guess they're aware of the, uh, the criticism surrounding the collars mm -hmm. and, uh, people weren't happy with the look. So it's, uh, it sounds like, okay, so I got the tweet here. Um, the tweet comes from Aesthetics on Twitter. Uh, he says, today my gift to you is the very first edition of hashtag NHL, hashtag Jersey Watch 2019. Your first look at the teams getting new jerseys in 2019 and 2020. And there's a bunch of teams listed here. Uh, Anaheim, Boston, Buffalo, Carolina, Chicago, Detroit, Edmonton, Florida, uh, Minnesota, Nashville, Rangers, Ottawa, Vancouver, and Vegas. Uh, so all those teams will allegedly be getting updated jerseys uh, for next season. Now, my expectation is that the the jersey, the, the Hawks jersey will not be tampered with excessively. Uh, I imagine they'll just update the collar. Maybe they'll add a third jersey. Who knows? Um, uh, but I, I wouldn't expect them to update it drastically. It's a, a very classic jersey and mm -hmm. i don't think they would ever change that so maybe this is new if you were hoping to get a uh one of the new adidas jerseys maybe hold off <sighs> maybe hold off till next season <clears throat> and number three put in the timestamp sorry uh we have the all-star game fan vote results uh, these are the captains for the, the four teams. Uh, we're going to have Austin Matthews captaining the Atlantic division. Uh, Ovechkin will be captaining the Metropolitan. Uh, Jeremy McKinnon. Not Jeremy McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon. Jeremy McKinnon is the singer from A Day to Remember. <laughs> Nathan McKinnon will be captaining the Central. Connor McDavid will be captaining the Pacific. Um, so you said, when I initially sent this to you, you said that you thought it was encouraging that almost all of them were, like, up-and-coming stars, mm -hmm. uh, except for Ovechkin, who is still a star. Right. He's... And the crazy thing, like, I, I, I was reading about it, too, like, they were all first-round picks, like, first-overround picks, first-overall draft picks. Oh, yeah, they were, aren't they? Wait, Ovechkin what? being the oldest in, I think it was 2003. Yeah. That was a while ago. What year was McKinnon picked? Uh, 2013. Was he the first overall? Yeah. Huh. I, re I specifically remember this because um, there was a... It, was, it, it came down to the Avs choosing McKinnon or... Um, I forgot the other guy's name, but he was, he was black. Like, I remember that. And he was also, like, everyone thought that he was going to be the one going first overall. Wayne Simmons? Was it Wayne Simmons? Uh, 2013. Suban? Draft results. I don't remember who it was. Because uh, Simmons and Suban are the only uh, black players I can think of who were, like, particularly gifted. 
uh, regardless. So, uh, I, I'm wondering, who do you think the other Blackhawks will be that will, uh, what Blackhawks do you think will make the all-star team? Um, I think Patrick Kane, Kane for sure. sure. Cause he's having a great season. He's on pace for 44 goals and a hundred points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll definitely get selected. Um, I think he's been selected more than anyone else on the roster. Um, and then I think in 16 and 18, he was the only player selected those years. Uh, I think you could make a case for Taves and Dabrinkit as well. I don't know that they're locks. In fact, I would probably wager that they don't being that that the that they don't end up being selected for the All Star game. But I could also see it happening. Um, Taves. So okay, so I going back really quick. I found it. Um, I believe it was Seth Jones who was supposed who was predicted that he was going to go overall number one. Mm, okay. He currently plays for Columbus. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Seth Jones. He's a defenseman, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so all-star game. Uh, Patrick Kane, I think, is definitely going to go. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I think I think you can make a case for Dabrinkit and Taves. Dabrinkit has 18 goals and 15 assists for a total of 33 points in, what, 41 games? Um, Taves has 16 goals, 19 points for a total of 35, uh, excuse me, 19 assists for a total of 35 points in 41 games. Um, that puts Taves on pace for 70 points and 38 goals. Um, pretty decent. I don't know that he's a lock though. Um. But I could see those two going. I don't know that I see anyone else going. Yeah, no, it's ultimately just going to be those three. Yeah. <clears throat> maybe, maybe Duncan Keith? I don't think so. But I doubt it. I, I don't think he's having a, a season worthy of that uh, this year. He, uh, he went to the All-Star game in 2017 in L.A., I think. And I'm not even sure he was having a good enough season that year either. Mm-hmm. Taves went that year, too. I don't think he was having a, a good enough season that year, either. Right. But I, I, it ultimately comes down to, like, just popularity. That's really all the NHL. Or that's That's true. essentially what all all-star games are, popularity contests, for the most part. That's fair. It's not much of a meritocracy. Okay, so that's it for news. <clears throat> uh, I wanted to... Uh, since we've got some Blackhawks prospects playing in the uh, the World Juniors, I wanted to just run over some quick stats um, for those guys before we get into the discussion. So uh, Adam Boquist, he's playing for Team Sweden in the World Juniors. He's got one goal and three assists. He's plus three in three games played. Um, he actually had the overtime game winner last night against Team USA. Uh, Team USA is doing so hot. Um, we got Ian Mitchell. He's actually an alternate captain for Team Canada. Um, he's got two assists, and he's plus five in three games. 
So that's really good. Uh, he, keep your eye on Mitchell because he seems like he could be... Of all our high-end defensive prospects at this point, you know, Mitchell, uh, Boquist, Bodan, defensively, he could have that, like, the highest ceiling of those three. Um, also, Yogi Haru. I still, like, he's not a prospect anymore, but I still kind of lump him in with those three other guys because they're sort of like the same era of uh, prospects. Um, oh, uh, going back to Boquist real quick. He's, he's having a pretty good season in London. He's got nine goals. And 16 assists, and he's plus 11 in 23 games played. Uh, Mitchell, he's currently playing for University of Denver. He's got two goals, nine assists. He's plus 11 in 14 games played. That plus 11 is probably... That's solid. Is it plus 11? Yeah, that's that's real solid. Um, okay, so Nicholas Bodan, he's not playing in World Juniors. But he is, uh, so over in Drummondville, he's got five goals and 20 assists. And he's plus 24 in 23 games played. That is very That's impressive. That's insane. That, uh, the, the, one, um, the one thing I'd add to that, though, is that that's in the QMJHL, which I think is, uh, I, I don't think that's as uh, good of a league as, um, uh, like, Boquist in the... OHL? Right. Um, okay, uh, next up, Philip Kurashev. This guy, keep an eye on this guy. Uh, defensively, his numbers aren't very uh, promising, but this guy can produce. So he's played three games for World Juniors. Um, I forget what team he plays for. Um, he's got five goals, one assist in three games, which is, that's like over a goal per game. And then uh, playing for the uh, Quebec Remparts, he's got 18 goals and 25 assists in 33 games. So he's tearing it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm looking up what uh, Team Canada. Yeah, he's playing for, no, 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 I lied, I lied. Uh uh, he's playing for Team Switzerland. So he's from Switzerland. Okay. Um, uh, Evan Barrett, he's a center. Uh, he's playing in World Juniors. He's got one goal, and he's minus one in three games played. Not super impressive. Uh, and then at Penn State, he's got 13 goals and 16 assists. And he's plus 13 in 17 games. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. That's... Uh, so that's that's NCAA hockey, um, and then Alexis Gravel. He's the last guy I wanted to bring up. He is he's not at World Juniors. He's playing in Halifax. He's a goaltender. He's got a nine sixteen save percentage and a two point six one goals against average in twenty three games. Uh, so, you know, possibly a uh, guy to keep an eye on. Future goalie prospect. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, which, speaking of, Colin Delia, uh, he's yes. been great. Yes, he has. We'll get into that in just a second. Right. Okay, so uh, moving on to the discussion portion, the first thing I wanted to talk about was which goaltender should and will get the start in the Winter Classic. 
Should Delia will, it's going to be Cam Ward. You think so? Oh, yeah. I, I think I probably agree with that. Um, I think uh, Delia definitely deserves it. Um, he's been playing out of his mind. He, I... I should have written down how many. Can you look up real quick uh, what his save percentage is? I think like, like nine fifty-seven. I think is starts. What it is. Um, so he's been playing out of his mind. He has been keeping the Hawks in games. Uh, he has been stopping some of those high danger chances. He did tell the media that he wants to, as good as he's been, he does want to be better about rebound control. You know when um, uh, when you've got like. Well, when when you've got like uh, like two attackers coming in and one guy he he fires a shot in close, and then uh, you got another guy coming in behind him trying to catch the uh, trying to pick up the loose change. Uh, he wants to be better about that. That's something that he he pointed out to the media recently. Um, I also agree that Delia deserves the start in the Winter Classic. Um, and I also do agree that Cam Ward is probably going to be the one who gets it. I know. <clears throat> All right, I found it. So in three games played, he's 3-0. and He has allowed five goals on 116 shots for a 167 goals against average and a 957 save percentage. Five goals on how many shots? 116. So he's made 111 stops on 116 shots. That's crazy. And then what was the save percentage? 957. 957. Now he's bound to regress. He's not going to keep up numbers like that because that's insane. Um, but if he finishes the season above like 910, like like 910 to 915 in that area, I think that's, that's reason to be uh, thoroughly optimistic about his future as a goaltender. Yeah, especially considering Crawford's getting up there in age, and we might be looking to replace him in the near future. Mm -hmm. um, I think we might have talked about this on the last episode, but I think probably best case scenario is um, uh, Crawford returns, he's healthy, he's his old self. Um, next season, we've got... Crawford and Delia doing like a, uh, not a tandem per se, but maybe maybe we lighten Crawford's load a little bit, like we do 50-30-ish, uh, or, or like 51-31, something like that, um, with Crawford getting the majority of the starts. After that, Crawford's contract is up. Uh, if Crawford wants to keep playing, and if he's still playing at a good level, then maybe we re-sign him for, I don't know, two years, $4 million, I don't know, something in that area. Um, and then we make it more of like a tandem situation where they're each starting about 41 games and to, you know, until we, uh, we slowly acclimate Delia into that starter role. That, I think, is the, the best case scenario. Um, maybe Delia doesn't pan out. Maybe Crawford is forced to retire this year. Maybe something else crazy happens. Um, but I think we have reason to be optimistic about Delia. Mm -hmm. uh, all that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Ward gets the start. 
classic. Maybe they do it for, um, you know, just because he's a veteran and he's used to playing on the, the big stage, whereas Delia is pretty new to it. Um, maybe it's uh, a seniority thing. Like they, they give Cam Ward the start in this big game just because he's been around longer. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. uh, and he's, you know, more of a known quantity. Uh, or, I, I mean, they, he did have that mask done. He had, he had the, the goalie mask done after Crawford had hit his mask done, and then Crawford was injured. Uh, so it looks like we're all set up for Cam Ward to make the start. Yeah, um, so... There was an article from earlier today from Jimmy Greenfield of the Tribune talking about... It's an opinion piece talking about how Delia should be the one starting. Mm -hmm. And apparently, Colleton still is unsure about who he's going to go with for for it. You know, I got to say, with Jeremy Colleton, uh, one thing I really respect about him is his commitment to objectivity and his commitment to... Uh, making the team a meritocracy. Like, he's not afraid to sit those veterans when they're not playing well, make them healthy scratches. And he's not afraid to give big minutes to young guys uh, mm -hmm. when they are playing well. So, with the way that Delia's been performing, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Colleton says that Delia gets the start. Um... <clears throat> But if it is Cam Ward that gets the start, it's probably because of, I don't know, maybe the higher-ups are putting pressure on the situation. Or uh, maybe since Delia got the last couple starts, maybe they feel like Ward is overdue. Uh, moving on. Uh, so when Yogi Haru comes back... Uh, we, we're going to have some decisions to make about uh, defensemen. Um, so we currently have... Oh, thank you. Uh, Is it eight or nine? Uh, was it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten defensemen Jesus. Uh, who are uh, on the, the, the team payroll right now. Um, and this is not counting the guys who were like in the minors making like league minimum salaries who I, I don't think affect the, the salary cap. Um, <clears throat> so you got Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, both have no movement clauses. Both are not going anywhere. Uh, you've got Connor Murphy and Eric Gustafson. Both of these guys are playing very well. Um, uh, especially Gus, like, you know, defensively, he's still, uh, a little risky sometimes, but like he he can set up those the scoring opportunities. He is a valuable guy to have on the ice. Um, I actually saw an article recently on um, how he's got like of his like twenty or so assists this year. Uh, like eight of them are maybe it's not just this year of his like twenty or so assists. Like eight of them are goals from Patrick Kane. Hmm. Um, so he's actually like a good guy to have on the ice with Kaner. Um, yeah, Yoki Haru. He's currently loaned to Team Sweden, but he'll be back um, shortly. And of course, he we've we talked about this before. He's debatably our best defenseman right now. 
and next year he's going to be even better. So we want to keep him around. We want to keep him developing. Uh, we want to keep him around to you know help us win games. You got Gustav Forsling, who uh, I think is also playing very well. I think he deserves a spot in the lineup. Um, that leaves Ruda, Manning, uh, Davidson, and Dahlstrom. Ruda is currently in Rockford. Uh, he is getting paid two and a half million dollars. Two and a quarter million dollars. I think, yeah, two and a quarter. Uh, now half of that is buried because he's in Rockford, but the other half of that is still going against our cap hit. Uh, you got Brandon Manning, who has another year on his contract, which makes him basically untradeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also playing for pretty poorly. You got Brandon Davidson. He's he's making league minimum, which is not... It doesn't really hurt us that much, but uh, uh, he's also not really like performing super well. He's not like a valuable trade asset or anything. He's currently on IR. And you got um, Carl Dahlstrom. Uh, he's been fine. He's been fine with the team. Uh, he's, I think, making league minimum. He could, he could play in Rockford. He could play with us. So I guess going through all of those, all of these defensemen, what do you think? If you're Jeremy Colton and you have to make some decisions, you have to whittle this down to like seven guys. What do you do? Well, obviously Keith Seabrook, you're stuck with. You can't move him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Murphy, Gustafson, Yogi Haru, and Forsling. Those are the other four that like are definitely mm-hmm. staying. And then of the other four remaining between Ruta, Manning, Davidson, and Dahlstrom, I would probably say Dahlstrom would be the seventh feet, the seventh one. Okay, so. Because, like, I don't know if it's just a coincidence or what, but, like, with Connor Murphy, like, since he's been back, the Hawks have been playing a lot better. He really has. Um, or we have, since he has. Yes. Their Hawks are, what, 6-3-1 and one since Murphy came back to the lineup? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and that includes wins against Nashville and Colorado twice. Yep. So... Yeah. It's not a fluke. Yeah, I mean, we're we're shutting down bad teams and we're holding our own against good teams, which is, you know, how a good hockey team should be playing. And I don't know if it's just, like, this fortunate stretch of games. Um, like, you know, when we beat Nashville, they were on game two of a back-to-back. Um, Colorado, I don't know. Colorado's really good. They've got that top line of McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen, and which is arguably the best line in the league. And we still somehow managed to uh, hold them to like two goals a game, and somehow score more than that. Uh, so, uh, to your point, I think there's a lot of hope for uh, this team moving forward to be um, an effective competitor. Uh, and I think Murphy has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. So you said you said your seven would be Keith Seabrook, Murphy, Gustafson, Yoki Haru, Forsling, and Dahlstrom. Yeah. So all right. So you got Ruta and Rockford. Don't got to worry about him. Um, Davidson's on IR. He'll be back soon. You could. I think you can put him on waivers. Uh, Maybe he gets picked up, maybe he doesn't. doesn't really matter that much. He's making league minimum. I think the big wild card here is Manning. 
because Manning is also making two and a quarter million per season until the through the end of next season. So with Manning, if you put Manning on waivers and send him to Rockford, no one's going to pick him up. Mm-hmm. So he's in Rockford. Ruta's in Rockford. That's four and a half million dollars playing in Rockford. I mean, half of that's buried. So it's two and a quarter million dollars against your cap hit that's playing in Rockford. I don't think management's going to be very happy about that. No, but at the same time, that's Stan Bowman with some of those questionable signings. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I could see I could see Rocky and John taking issue with that. Um, I could see Bowman taking issue with that. Uh, but like you said, that's that's his fault. He shouldn't have signed. He shouldn't have signed these like mediocre players to such large contracts. Uh, large, of course, being you know relative to their their abilities. Um, two years for four and a half million dollars is not a large contract per se for Manning. Um, well, for Manning it is. Uh, I think so. I mostly agree with you. Uh, like you said, Keith and Seabrook stay. I'm Carlton. I say Keith and Seabrook stay. Murphy and Gustafson stay. Yoki Haru stays. Uh, I feel like Forsling stays. Dahlstrom should be the other guy. But there's probably pressure from management to make it, to keep Manning in the lineup. I, I think it's, it's really a, a toss-up between Manning and Dahlstrom, and it really depends on whether or not you want to keep your money on the ice or in the press box or in Rockford. Yeah, because as far as um, Manning goes, that contract, we have him locked until next season. Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, they won't be able to trade him until next season. And even then, if they trade him, they'd probably have to retain some of the salary. Yeah. And it's just really not ideal. Um... All right, so this wasn't in the discussion, but I, I feel like given uh, what we were just talking about, we should probably discuss it. Um, uh, so the the Blackhawks brass, the front office, they came out at the beginning of the season and said, we're going to get back in the playoffs. Uh, in you know, Everyone looked at the offseason moves that they made and said that, Dusty in, so here. dusty in here. I know. What is going on? <laughs> um, so everyone looked at the off-season moves that they made, and you know they signed Cam Ward, who's a replacement level goaltender. They signed uh, Chris Kunitz, who is he, he's done nothing. He's in the doghouse at this point. Yeah, he he does nothing. I guess he's a, a role player or something. He's he's got four cups. That's probably worth something, you know, off the ice. Um, and then he signed Brandon Manning, who we just discussed. Uh, is you know kind of uh, kind of an issue for this team who doesn't have a lot of cap space to spare usually. Um, they made those moves and then they said that this is a playoff roster, and now it really looks like we're going to miss the playoffs for the second year in a row. And moving forward, there are there are going to be some important moves that uh, we make. The the trade deadline is coming up 
in a couple of months. And that's going to be when those important moves start being made. Uh, if the Hawks are not looking like a playoff team, then they're probably going to be sellers at the trade deadline. And when you're moving assets like that, you want to make sure that there is a plan in place and that there are uh, smart, capable people executing that plan. So I don't think this, maybe this is a, a, an unfair and reactionary thing to say, but I think you could probably place most of the blame for the last two seasons which have gone poorly, on Stan Bowman. Is he the guy that you want to be making these, these trade deadline moves and these off-season signings for the next couple of years as the Hawks try to get back into contention? If you're John McDonough, like, what do you do? Do you come out and say, uh, do you come out and say, like, we still trust Stan Bowman to right the ship or does he come out and say, we're promised a playoff roster, we didn't get that, uh, Bowman's fired. You know, what, what happens? I, I really think that's what's going to happen. Because, like, right now, I think I saw that they're like seven points out of the second wild card spot. Mm-hmm. With this little run lately. Yeah. And if they claim that they had a playoff roster at the beginning of the season, and they missed the playoffs... And based on how they've been playing lately, they're playing a little bit better. Now, all of a sudden, like, they were in line for having the best chance of landing the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, they are leaning a little bit more towards possibly fighting for that second wild card spot. So, it's going to go either they're going to completely miss out on the playoffs, but they're also going to end up so high in the standings that they're going to miss out on a top three, top five draft pick. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what's going to lead to Stan Bowman getting fired. Hmm. Interesting. Possibly. Um, I will say that up until this, this, you know, the past like six, eight games that they've uh, been playing really well, it did almost seem like they were starting to, like it was, it was right after Crawford got hurt. And it, it seemed like, I think when they made the decision to loan Henry Yokiharyu to Team Sweden for the World Juniors Championship, they started to lean into that notion of punting on this season and uh, raising the white flag. Because, as we said, he's arguably our best defenseman right now. And to take him out of the roster for like two weeks you know, at a pivotal point in the season when you really need to be winning games. Like, you either have to have a lot of faith in the rest of the team or uh, you you need to be committed to uh, focusing on the future instead of, you know, just like the playoffs that are a couple months away. That being said, this was all before the Hawks went on this little run and got back to a point where uh, you know, they are like six, two, and one in their last nine ish games. Um, and only seven cards out of the second wild card spot. Uh, or second point, seven, seven points. points. <laughs> I can barely speak. 
Um, only seven points out of the second wild card spot, which, uh, you know, if they if they keep this little run up, it's uh, you know totally feasible that they get back into it. Um, so I guess you you figure John McDonough's got to do something soon. He's either got to reaffirm his faith in Stan Bowman and say he's going to be the guy who makes the trade deadline moves and he's going to be the guy who makes the offseason signings and he's going to be the guy who uh, who hands out contracts to the, uh, the restricted free agents or he's going to say this season, you know, we trusted Stan, he let us down, he's gone. Oh, you know, going back on that too, just to add one more thing. Mm-hmm. That I forgot to mention. That's one thing too with like the team how they're playing right now. Like, if they keep playing a little, like keep getting some more wins, playing better, I have a feeling Stan Bowman's gonna go and make be a buyer for the by the trade deadline, and that's a little concerning. Yeah, I. I don't I don't want to get into a situation where, you know, it's like February 15th, we're closing in on the trade deadline, we're two points out of a wild card spot, um, and Stan Bowman starts getting desperate and says, I want to keep my job, I want to make it back to the playoffs. Even if we're out in the first round, at least we're back in the playoffs, and we can say that we did what we came here to do. And then... Maybe he maybe he trades this year's first round pick for, uh, you know some some rental who's who's gonna be. Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't want it to come to that. I don't want. I don't want to swing for the fences, if there's no prayer of us you know turning this team into uh, Stanley Cup, which I don't think there is. Maybe we make it back to the playoffs. Maybe, like, that would be a miracle. If we pull that off, if we get back into the playoffs, that I think would be great. But I don't see this as a Stanley Cup roster. No, no way. And then, like, just think, like, if you look at it last season, what happened, um, who who did we, what's his face from Arizona that we traded for at, like, at the trade deadline last season? Which was just a big question mark to sure why they did the trade. Oh, Anthony Duclair. Duclair, yep. Uh, and oh wait, no, that wasn't a trade deadline move. That was uh we It wasn't we Or was it waivers? We We traded Richard Panic for Anthony Duclair. And then Duclair wasn't really performing while he while he was here, so uh Bowman did not tender an offer uh and we let him walk, and then he signed with Columbus, and then he had a hot, a hot start in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there were the only trade deadline moves that Bowen made last year were um, Hartman to Nashville and Wingles to Boston. Right, okay. Yeah, even at that point, too, like it was a lost season. Why are you trading these players? Type thing. By that point, like, yeah, they were slipping already, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, 
I I actually think that in a lost season, those were good moves. Those were because um, we got we got a first round pick, uh, as well as um, Victor Edsel for Hartman. We turned that first round pick into Nicholas Bodan, who uh, is. Like I said, he's one of those really promising high-end defensive prospects that we have right now that you know maybe has a chance of making the team next year. Oh, yeah, I see it here. Um, um, Victor Edsel, <clears throat> then the first-round pick, which turned to Bodan, and the, other, the fourth-round pick, which turned to Kurdashev. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Although, I will say trading Schmaltz for this season, like Strom Perlini, Strom has been panning out pretty well for the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Sorry, I was trying to look up, because we traded Wingles, and I think we got like a first-round pick for him, and I wanted to know what we did with that first, or not a first-round pick, we got like a fifth-round pick or something, and I, I wanted to know what we did with that fifth-round pick, what player we got. Um, to your point, I completely agree. I think that, uh, I, I can't explain why Schmaltz was having such a comparatively bad season in Chicago this year compared to last year, when he had like 52, 54 points. Um, and he was looking like our number one center of the future. But, uh, yeah, he's been killing it in Arizona. Uh, Strom's been killing it in Chicago. I think uh, I think Patrick Kane probably really enjoys playing on a line with Strom because he's got that high-end hockey IQ that Kane has. And that Kane, uh, I think there's really like some, some good potential there for uh, some chemistry much the same way that Kane had with Schmaltz, and maybe not to the same level that Kane had with Panarin, but, uh, you know, like, in the same in the same vein. Uh, so I think that's that's good for Patrick Kane. It's uh, You could probably make an argument that that's why Patrick Kane has been so hot in the last couple of weeks. He's got five goals in the last two games. Mm-hmm. One of those is a hat trick. It is really dusty in here. Where's all this dust coming from it's like we're in the upside down and why is it being kicked up <laughs> i'm gonna crack this window for a minute not that that'll help but okay so um going back to the um the wingles trade it's a 2019 2019 conditional fifth round pick so we won't know until this upcoming draft what they did with it oh okay okay um okay i i so I remember now they traded Wingles for that pick, and the pick the, the 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 condition of the pick was that if Boston re-signed him or if Boston won the Stanley Cup, then that fifth round pick became a fourth round pick, and neither of those things happened. Oh, okay. So I think it remained a a fifth round pick. Okay, so that's all I have for this episode. Um, if you all have any uh, feedback, questions, uh, suggestions, uh, requests for topics that we can discuss on the show, you can tweet at us at SweaterPod on Twitter. You can tweet at me, at Luke Stanbury. Uh, Abe doesn't use his Twitter. Uh, leave him alone. Leave Brittany alone. Um, yeah, that's it. See you in one to two weeks. Bye. Bye.